1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 197 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Alison Tate, otherwise known as A.L. Tate. How are you, A.L. Tate?
0: Such a secret Writing name, isn't it? I just, you know, i really, I'm just hiding behind my name. <laughs> I always make a joke about that when I do author talk. So I go, you know, I'm Alison Tate, also known as A.L. Tate, which is my secret, not very secret writing name. No. <laughs> and they all laugh. They think I'm hilarious. Not really. They're being polite to the old lady. <laughs> Anywho. Oh. I'm Anywho. fine. I'm good. Yes, I am. And it's um, only
1: a matter of days now, Al. I'm no, so excited. The Adamant side.
0: I know. It's coming. The Book of Secrets is about yes. to be unleashed upon an unsuspecting world. Um, yes. yes, it is exciting. I, I have to tell you, though, it's almost like I don't. I, I think I, I wrote a little post on Twitter about two weeks ago saying that I had entered that period before the book comes out, which is about a month, generally speaking, when the reality of this thing happening is, is you know, it's it's in train. There's nothing you can do. Your author copies are on the way and there's just yeah. that whole thing of like, oh, um, it's going to be out there. People are going to read it. And That's exciting. They're going to review That's it. That's so cool. Oh, I know, but it's so nerve-wracking. It's really nerve-wracking. It, uh, putting your book out into the world is both the most exciting and wonderful thing you will ever do and the most terrifying it really yes. it honestly is it's quite terrifying this is the inside of your head on page <laughs> being presented to the world it's just like maybe what's in your head shouldn't really be out there but anyway <laughs> i think people will love it i do i do think i that know people kids are going to it. love it i think kids will really love it i think they will love um, gabe and i really honestly think that they will take the girls in this book to heart particularly one of them. I, I don't like to play favorites with my characters, but I do have one of these girls, which are who I just adore. I just adore her. I think she's amazing. I wish I was her. I'm not. So obviously somewhere in my back of my mind, there's some hero worship part of me that is this girl? But yeah, for sure. I'm not as I'm nowhere near as cool as this girl, and I never will. Well, be. Well,
1: it's okay. a gripping from page one, and people are just are going to go on a fantastic ride. It's it's going to be awesome. So, or
0: oh.
1: oh, oh, by the time, let me see this. By the time, just a few. More, when's the official date?
0: The official date is the twelfth of September. Okay. So it's about I don't know about, you know, 10, a week, 10 days away. So it's it's really close. Um, yeah. And look, honestly, you can pre-order it as well. If you, if you're thinking about, I'd really like to get hold of a copy of that, then, um, pre-order it through, um, there's a link on my website at aliceandtate.com that you can pre-order. Pre-orders are very, very helpful to authors because they, um, they show, uh, the publisher and the bookseller that, you know, that, that there are people waiting for it. So, you know, if you're if you're thinking about it, then a pre-order would make you my best friend forever, just quietly. That is um, such a
1: great idea. I'm going to do that at my local bookshop even though I have a yeah. copy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm going to do that at my <laughs> local bookshop anyway because yeah, I often so ask, need ask, ask you at your local
0: bookshop if you don't want to do it online, yeah. just ask your local bookshop to get it in to make sure that they've got a copy for you. It it really is I can't I, I can't actually emphasize how useful and helpful it is to authors to have pre-orders waiting for them so um it would be great if you you know if you wanted to do that i'd be wrapped
1: fantastic all right let's move on to i just want to give a shout out to joe who i bumped into on the street walking her lovely beautiful dog Margot. and joe is one of our listeners and um i think she's taken banoffee pie to heart i would just like to say so (laughs) hello joe you are my people (laughs) and i hope i bump into you again very soon she
0: has a dog called Margot. i just think that's fabulous
1: Yes, Margot Hemingway. Uh, so um, we if we are not able to bump into you on the street, we would love to bump into you in our Facebook group. So please do join us. It's free to join. Just search for So You Want To Be A Writer podcast community and that will be a great place for all of us to connect, for us to connect with each other, but also for you to connect with other listeners. And it's great to see the conversations that are happening between listeners as well. Mm. And it's so not this- all about
0: banoffee pie, Try- it's
1: not all about Nuffy pie. No, no, no. So and I, this... a shout-out to
0: my people. Hello, Team Chocolate. <laughs> I, see, I see you out there. I know you're there. I know you are.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so this is a mini-episode where we answer listener questions but sometimes have mini-interviews as well. And so we're going to answer some listener questions this week. So let's get started with a question from Sheridan. Now, Sheridan has said... I fear that my memoir is not unique enough to be published and bought by readers. I started writing a blog two years ago and find that my readers enjoy my authentic and humorous accounts of single life, working, traveling, dating, battling with body image, you name it. Although my readers give fantastic feedback and beg for more, I do worry that I'll never make it. I love reading travel memoirs. However, I was finding that I was picking up the same goddamn book every time. Woman leaves corporate world as her midlife adventure, moves to
0: Paris, falls in love with the butcher. (laughs) (laughs) Sheridan, I really like your sense of humor.
1: (laughs) Yes yes. Sheridan says, don't get me wrong. I love this story, but why can't you have your eat, pray, or why can you have your eat, pray, love moment in your early twenties? Two years ago, I left my comfort zone to travel by myself and live overseas. The memoir I want to write is a story of throwing myself in the deep end, traveling as a single 22 year old, leaving home for the first time, the awful sex, the love, the drunken nights, the journey of self-discovery. I'll leave an example of my latest blog post. Um, and we'll put that link in the show notes. Social media has a huge influence and I believe readers crave authenticity, which is what I'm hoping to achieve in my writing. I want to spare no detail and therefore give the reader a bloody good laugh. (laughs) Val and Al, my two writing fairy godmothers, am I out of
0: my depth? Now, I'm You can answer this one because I'm over here polishing my wings, okay? (laughs) So I'm going to throw it to you while I just sparkle myself up in the corner.
1: So the question: Am I out of my debt? The short answer is no, but I'm. I suspect that you're actually asking a slightly different question, and I suspect. But you know, please do ping us in the Facebook group if I've, if we've got this wrong. But I suspect you're asking: Is this story? Um, you know, a workable story? Is this story of interest enough to publishers? Because obviously it's perfectly great for your blog because you already know that because you've already got readers who are uh, reading your blog and who are saying that they're enjoying it. So I'm going to assume that your question is, is your your story um, interesting enough or uh, a viable enough story for publishers? Mm. to go because from blog to book basically what exactly. we're looking at here yeah okay exactly because the, sh- the answer to am I out of my depth is no, no you're not because mm. you know you, you you're it's depth your was...
0: story you can write it you've got the yeah, voice and there's humor anything. and you know you know what you want to say so out, out of your depth no but yeah as yeah. Val says I suspect that's not your question
1: yes all right so um it- so in terms of answering is the story interesting enough or viable enough to go into a book published by a traditional publisher, then the answer is the way you have written it, no, it's not, but that doesn't mean that you don't have, uh, sorry, the way you have written it in your question. Pitched it. No, it's not. The way you're pitching it to us. Yes, the way the you're moment. pitching it to us. Yeah. No it's not because every single 22 year old leaves sex, leaves home for the first
0: time has awful sex has love drunken mm. nights and goes I did this to I left free. home I went overseas yep. I was actually 23 um, I I went overseas, I did all of these things. I wrote hilarious journal entries. I honestly I crack myself up when I read them now. Am I ever gonna put them in a book? No. Yes I am not.
1: The key lies in where you've said uh awful sex, love, drunken nights, the journey of self discovery. What you have not expanded on is that journey of self discovery. Mm. The and narrative. I,
0: What's the narrative? Yes.
1: Yes. So chances are you have a fantastic story to tell but the way you've pitched it to us and the way that this is the way you're going to have to pitch it to editors and publishers Mm. is for them to be really clear on what that narrative arc is and Mm. what is unique about your story. And I suspect you do have a unique story and I suspect that you um, uh, have have a great narrative arc but that's not clear Mm. In what you've said, so the thing that's going to make a publisher interested or or think that it's a viable, viable book, is for you to spell that out much much more. Because as you've said with the with the other memoirs, woman leaves corporate world as a midlife adventure, moves to Paris, falls in love with the butcher. <laughs> There's, which still makes which us is, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still makes us up. And usually there's an end bit, you know, and realises X or becomes transformed because of Y or overcomes this particular conflict or issue or obstacle or challenge in a life. Usually there's that added phrase at the end. That mm. has a clear narrative arc, whereas leaving home, having awful sex, love and drunk and nights, it's just everyday life for 20
0: people in <laughs> <for> the <20. laughs> Maybe for you though. It's how you, it's how you frame your story. It's how you you how you take all of those things that have happened to you, and all of those amazing little things that you can put to to paper in your special voice, which is the other key to this, your own particular voice. It's and then how you frame that as an actual narrative. How you frame it as a story. How you frame it as a journey. Um, and then how you pitch pitch it and the pitch is so important because you need to be able to tell the publisher what makes your story different
1: yep what makes it different And I've read your post and uh, you have a great voice and you do have that that element of humour and authenticity and stuff like that. So that's really not the issue at all. The issue is the actual story, the actual content, because Mm. a book is more than just or a memoir is more than just a series of vignettes. It Um. has to have that narrative arc for it to work. And Mm. we do recommend that you check out Patty Miller's book, Writing True Stories. Um, And if you can, do Patty. Miller's course you know people of all ages do her course the life writing course at the Australian Writers Centre um that's held in Sydney and Melbourne uh and and you'll you'll learn a lot more about the essential elements of a memoir um if you if you check out the book or do the course but I suspect that you have a story there you just haven't revealed it to us in your pitch Mm. so maybe maybe
0: let me throw this in here Maybe yes. Sheridan could use her twenty dollar promo code to do there her the Patty Miller course. What do you think, Val?
1: There you go. Your twenty dollar promo code. We'd well, love We need to explain to it, Val. Oh yes, that's right. That's you right. <laughs> so we're going to give all our listeners twenty dollars, or certainly twenty dollars, to use on any course at the Australian Writers Centre, and. In order to do that, we would love to hear from you and to uh, for you to complete a survey that we're sending out to all of our podcast listeners and we'd just love to hear from you as we approach our 200, uh, 200th episode. We've realised that we've been banging on about all the things that we love to talk about <laughs> and we'd now love to hear from you to see what you would like us to talk about. And so Any if you on. complete that That's survey... Us. <laughs> sounds, if you complete that survey, that would really help us out and we would love to reward you to celebrate our up, impending 200th episode by giving you $20 when you reach the end of the survey. It's not very long, actually. It's quite short, doable. You can do it on your phone. Um, just go to writercentercomau slash podcast survey. That's writercentercomau slash podcast survey and we'd love to hear from you.
0: All right. <coughs> Al and Val banging on about writing since That's 2014. Right. <laughs> I seriously feel that we need a T-shirt.
1: Yeah. Okay, we'll get a T-shirt. All right. So <laughs> we'll, our next question comes from Chantelle, And Chantelle says, I have a friend who writes horror, but I don't. It makes me feel squeamish. Are there any resources to help understand the genre so I can give useful feedback?
0: That's oh, a great question, Chantel. Really, really good question. My yes. response to that is: if you don't like horror, then don't offer feedback. And I, I'm, I, I, I hate to be so kind of black and white about it, but the thing that gets me a lot of the time with uh, particularly genre um, kind of critiques and things like that is that to really, like, you have to enjoy reading. You have to be a reader of a particular genre to be able to offer useful feedback on it. So I I would never share, say, for example, romance um, stuff with someone who has told me they really dislike romance novels. Like, I wouldn't do it because they're never going to like it. They're never actually going to be able to help. And when I say like it, I don't mean that you know every person who reads your reads your manuscript has to love it on any level. But mm. if you don't, if you don't, not a regular reader of a particular genre, you don't understand the genre very well, and so you're likely to be providing feedback that's actually not useful and not particularly helpful to that writer. And I do understand wanting to help. I, I really get that, mm. and I mm. understand wanting to assist a fellow writer. But I think it would be more useful for you to find someone, to find a beta reader for your friend who does like to read horror, who does enjoy it as a genre. I don't like horror either. Like Honestly, Book Boy laughs at me because I read these books. I read one. And I have to say I didn't dislike the book, but I found it really difficult to get through. It was called The Call and um, it was a YA and it came in and he sort of said to me, oh, can I read this, Mum, because, you know, he's 13 or whatever, going on 14. And and, I, and I'm like, oh, no, you know, it's really scary. And he goes, like, actual scary or just you scary, Mum?
1: I'm like, "Indeed."
0: Yeah questioning my backbone here and he's like (laughs) well you you kind of don't really like scary at all and he's right I dislike scary and so I can't I don't recommend the call because I dislike scary but I know a lot of people who've read it who absolutely love it because they Mm. don't dislike scary so I think it's um You know, it's okay to say, look, I, you know, I really want to support you as a writer and as a friend, but I, this is not, this is not something that would be useful for you. So what else can I do? Can I find you another beta reader who does like horror? Can I assist you in some other way? Like think of a different way to help because I just feel that you can muddy the waters a great deal simply because you don't like scary. And I think yeah. that that's probably something that's definitely worth keeping in mind. Do you think, Val, or am I being... Oh, yeah. No,
1: I think without it. a doubt that that's, that's correct. I think that the only way to be helpful if, if you really, really, really want to is to read other horror books in that genre and mm. learn to appreciate them. So mm. read the good ones in that genre and learn to appreciate them. And once you have an understanding as a reader of those sorts of books, then you can provide useful feedback as a reader to your friend. But chances are, you know, like I don't like horror either and chances are that if you're not going to read all these other books just so that you can give feedback to your friend but you need to, you can't just read the theory of it. You can't mm. just read some kind of cheat sheet or some kind of, you know, creative writing resource resource on how to write horror and offer feedback in that sense. You need to experience it as a reader. That's mm. the whole point. So, um, And there yeah, are so I, many
0: people out there who love horror. Yeah. I'm sure one of them yeah. would be more than happy to to act as beta reader for your friend. I, I think it's it's really worth maybe doing that as a service. Find someone else. Yeah. Ask mm. your writer friends.
1: Mm. All right, let's move on to our third question for this week from Angie. Angie has said,
0: My laptop is sad and old. <laughs> oh. Poor laptop. Well they do get sad and old. <laughs> a bit like me sometimes really. But anyway, continue.
1: <laughs> my laptop is sad and old and I'm thinking of upgrading. I have always owned a PC. But of course, hear the siren song of the Mac calling me. Oh, so nice. my question is, why do you what do you write on and why? Is there a particular laptop that is especially popular with writers? or if not guided by brand what should a writer be looking for in what is essentially their primary tool thank you
0: mm. very there good goes. question kind of follows on from our last episode a little bit too because we were talking about you know being portable and mobile as as a um as a writer um as part of that but well i, I can i have a new macbook a macbook air mm-hmm. and the reason i chose it is because it is light <laughs> Mm. And so when I am dragging myself and all of my various PowerPoint prezos and other things that I do off to um, author talks and festivals, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, that was my main reason for it. But also mm. I just bought the best, mm. the actual best um, laptop, you know, cover for it. It looks like an old book. And I oh, I it. saw that. Did you see it? I bought <gasps> it's it. So I bought cool. it. Spe- I mean, I'm totally going off topic here, but I bought it as a special treat for myself to to celebrate the Book of Secrets coming out, the band Cipher. And I saw it, and I was just like, "Oh, that is. I just, I have to have it." So I bought it, mm-hmm. and I love it. Um, totally, I was totally aside. Um, so and yeah, you. I bought I bought the MacBook. But I have always worked on a Mac, and the only reason I work on a Mac and i have always done so is because that's what the publishing industry. Um, that's what I started out on when I was working at magazines. That's what mm. I understand, and so that's what I've always bought. You know, I think people just kind of go with what they. Well, if you're like me and you're you know a luddite, you go with what you know, basically. Um, but yeah, I do. I do love the MacBook Air, and it, I mean, it's 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 not. I don't need a whole lot of bells and whistles in a laptop mm. because I essentially use it for presentations and for writing. That's what I do. Um, or for social media work when I'm working, you know, for clients and doing different things. So, um, that's what I use it for. And I think that when you choose any laptop, you have to look at what you need, need it to do. Like, what do you need from your laptop? And then you have basically got to research, you know, the best option for you, um, under your circumstances. And I think that that's, um, probably the the key to making the right match with any sort of any technology, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Although, Al, remember when we were at Clio, we used PCs. We didn't use Macs.
0: Yeah, but that was – that. but as soon as they actually – Came into the 20th century because at that stage I felt <laughs> like we were still back in the 19th yeah, century. Yes, so they it's
1: were like, pretty old. Yes, oh, they
0: were so old. They were so yeah. old. But, but so all old. of my jobs prior to Clio, I had been on Max. Like that was right. that was the thing. Like I went yeah. when we when I went to Clio, I'd been working in publishing for 10 years, and I could not quite believe that I had gone back to what I went back to at Clio. So um, yeah. when I first started out in publishing. Um, we started out on some ancient thing, but within a year or two, um, so by the time I was about 20, I was on Max, and that's what I've been on the whole time, except for Clio, which was its own special case.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think, Angie, that Al's right, you need to work out uh, what works for you. I think that it's actually not a question of the device these days. It's a question of the apps that you use on the device. Yeah. And because, in fact, Devices have become so homogenous, and they all do exactly the same thing.
0: <laughs> That's exactly right.
1: They literally all do exactly the same thing, and they all have pretty much cross-platform apps. So if you use Evernote on, uh, you know, on a Mac, you can also use Evernote on a PC. Most uh, devices are like that. So really, the choice I believe is your your choice of app. Um, and in terms of switching from PC to Mac, I think what typically happens is if you've been using PC forever is you hate the Mac for a month and then you fall in love with it mm. because you, you, and you hate it because you're not used to it. And the same goes for the other way around if you're mm. switching. I think that you need to go with the one that you've got. If, if you do decide to go to the Mac, um, it's really useful if you've got someone nearby who can give you the little tips, you mm-hmm. know, to say, no, you do it like that or you do it like that and then you'll find the transition easier. If you're sticking with PC, just pick the one that is going to be the most reliable and that mm-hmm. has the best internet connectivity when you are, you know,
0: out and about and that sort And a of good things. and solid warranty. <laughs>
1: I'm yes, sorry, but I'm, a good, I'm
0: so practical. A good and solid warranty is really important.
1: <laughs> definitely. I always choose the extended warranty and it mm. has saved by us on several occasions. So whichever uh, PC, uh, whichever device I choose, I choose the extended warranty. I actually have both Mac and PC and I know it's a bit ridiculous, but i um, I have various devices, and I honestly do think of them as homogenous because I make sure I choose apps that sync across every device. So if I'm out on the bout on my iPhone, I can type into my iPhone. Then I'll be downstairs. I have a downstairs laptop, and it'll sync to that. And I have an upstairs laptop, and I sync to that. And they're all so similar, aren't we? We just, you know, we're. We're
0: so similar,
1: <laughs> and I have an in-bed device. <laughs> oh, please stop! Just stop. I've got one. That- okay, Just the one. one random. So, I-, I think it doesn't boil down to Mac or PC. It boils down to which is going to be most reliable for you. In that you've got nearby help.
0: You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah,
1: like your yeah. store is nearby. If you have to slip hundred miles. 40 kilometres to the nearest whatever store, that's, you know, ridiculous. If you've, if you've got somewhere that's nearby and who can service or, or, or help you with your with your laptop, I think that that's the most important thing. And then the huh. second most important thing is back up, back up and back up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So true. All right. So that's our listener questions for this week. If you do have a question, then make sure you ask us in the Facebook group. So just go to Facebook and search for So You Want To Be A Writer podcast community. We would love to answer your question there.
0: All right. What are you doing this coming week, Al? Uh, goodness, what am I doing this coming week? Um, well, I've actually, actually, I've got some things happening. I've got a, a couple of um, blog posts going up on some big US sites over the next week. So I'll be sharing those and... That's a little bit fun um, and, yeah I, yeah, I don't know, just my usual owl stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Owl
1: stuff. Owl stuff. I'll, be doing, I'll be doing
0: owl stuff. I don't know about you. What will you be doing, Val? The owl stuff?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll be doing Val stuff. <laughs> no, I'll be finishing actually. Um The, I'm designing a course, how to write media releases and uh, it's, it's actually going to be a cracker. I'm really proud of it, to be honest. And (laughs) if I say so myself, I I put a lot of work into it and it's really clear and it's really practical. And, um, yeah, if you want to register your interest in it to receive a, um, pre-launch, uh, discount, then go to writercenter.com.au slash media. That's writercenter.com.au slash media. Um, yeah, so that's what I'll be doing. Anyway, Great. that will be launching in in a few weeks. So thank you for listening, everyone. We look forward to connecting you connecting with you in the podcast community on Facebook. Uh, and we'll we'll chat to you again next time. Bye.